Presenting the Bat Guys Return Podcast Sample. A little background. A Zoom call with two law students on the subject of copyright and trademarks from our unique in-the-trenches experience in the comic book industry was so fun and freewheeling, we realized, hey, this is a podcast. Please note, the audio was taken from the Zoom call, so forgive the occasional glitches. Most important, let us know if you'd like us to produce more episodes on proper microphones, we promise. We appreciate your encouragement. Email batguysreturn at gmail.com. And now, the Bat Guys Return. We all basically have the same thing to say about ourselves. So I go first. <laughs> that puts the onus on YouTube, so I'm fine with that. For some reason, I was not prepared for this question. This was the one I wasn't prepared for. Oh, boy. So, all right. So here we go. I'm Scott Peterson. I was Batman editor at DC Comics in the 90s. I later was an editor at Wildstorm, and I've been a freelance writer and editor since uh, the year 2000, more or less. Go ahead, Gorf, you next. My name is Gorf, short for Jordan B. Gorfinkel. And what Scott said, your turn, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell him a little bit about what you do now, Gorf. So my name is Gorf, Jordan D. Gorfinkel, Frog Backwards, and I will never forget me. I was part of the Bat Guys team under the auspices of group editor Denny O'Neill, our sensei, master of blessed memory. And collectively, we worked on more than 2,000 stories across a decade in which we grew the Batman franchise from two books a month to two books a week and associated non-continuity titles as well. We were in charge of overseeing the entire franchise. Our titles were editor, but that belies our actual responsibilities, which really meant that we had to be jacks of all trade. We had to understand the the complete supply chain. We had to understand how to do everything across all of the systems that made Batman products, from the inception of the ideas to the publishing of the books and everything in between all the creative direction but also liaisoning with lots of other teams, such as the guys, uh, I should say the guys and gals, who made the TV shows and the movies and the merchandise and the Six Flag Great America rides. We sat sat in on meetings at which somebody showed us a gray and blue Batman and said, so what colors can we paint this in order to make other Batman, like Parachute Batman and Emergency Batman and I don't know, Red Hot Batman. Everything that was Batman, we had to be able to oversee. And that meant that we had to understand all of the processes involved in making all of that uh, content and product, which meant that we had to also have uh, at least a cursory knowledge of the copyright and trademark law involved. And in fact, I, I may be quoting out of turn, but I think that one of our executives at some point said that essentially, The real purpose, the dirty little secret, the real purpose of comic books is to be a trademark holding company because comic books are not in and of themselves a terribly profitable vertical. But if you look at the horizontals, meaning all of the ancillary exploitations of that underlying uh, content or that underlying property, then suddenly it becomes a far more interesting proposition. By the way, I should tell you that when I was working at DC Comics, there's very little of this that I really understood. I look at DC Comics as having been my graduate program, 
I was essentially paid to understand uh, this area of the business, well, the, the, the creative area of the business, but because when you're working at a corporation, you basically stay in your lane, many times when you have a problem, you just hand it off to the person whose lane that is. So when it came to budgeting and accounting, it went to editorial administration. And when it came to legal, it went to our legal advisors and so forth. It wasn't until I parted amicably from DC Comics and went off on my own that I began to discover two things. Number one, that Batman opens a lot of doors and continues to open doors to the state, for which I'm very grateful. But number two, there was a whole lot that I really truly did not understand. I thought I could go out into the world and just say, I'm Batman and the world would be my kosher oyster. It turns out, no, it doesn't really work that way. You have to have a real understanding of all the aspects of entrepreneurship, if that's such a word, in order to be able to succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me intro myself before we continue our discussion. Uh, My name is Darren Vincenzo, along with uh, Scott and Gorf. Back in the 90s, I was uh, part of the Batman team overseeing all things Batman. And as Gorf said, we sat in on meetings for creating costumes for characters that would Batman actors who would appear make appearances. I mean, we sat in on meetings about Batman the musical. I mean, we sat oh, in God. meetings with <laughs> we sat in on meetings with uh, toy companies and and you know movie people and all that kind of stuff. You know, I I'm Scott, I'm not sure how it worked at uh, Wildstorm, but of course we remember when we were at DC, you know, we were very insulated from a lot of the the legal end of things. I mean, we were in charge of the creative end of stuff. So yeah, we did oversee a lot of things. We took a lot of meetings, but our primary purpose there was to decide what happened to Batman, where the character went, what the storylines were that we, the stories that we told. And a lot of the stuff, the legal end of things, or, you know, some of those other details, we didn't get too caught up in because we were insulated from that. We had departments who handled those things. You know, we didn't have to worry too much about that because we had people who were paid to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, one example, I may it'll probably come up in our discussion later, but uh, dealing with the movie people and working on one of the uh, movie adaptations, the comic book version of the movie, you know, every every movie that was made, uh, we did a comic book version of it. You know, we told that story and and, you know, a writer had to write that story and an artist had to create that story. And uh, in one particular instance, uh, some images, some stills were used from one of the films and they happened to involve some statuary or some public objects that an artist had created in some famous location somewhere. And when the artist saw that these images appeared in the comic, he actually sued DC Comics and the creative team of the story of that particular story, because those images were used without his permission. And uh, I think the guys will remember, you know, we got a, a letter, you know, we were shown a letter that came and of course it, it named, I don't know if it named us, but it named the creators who worked on that particular comic. And, you know, we looked at it and we gave it the attention that we needed to give it, which really was none. And then it was handed over to the, said, yeah, the, the lawyers will take care yeah, of that. The lawyers <laughs> will take care of it. And that uh, and we just went on with our daily life of deciding what Batman's going to do tomorrow and the day after and the next month. 
And there you go, a taste of the Bat Guys Return podcast. If you'd like us to produce more episodes featuring the comics industry and craft, our inside stories, and many special guests, please email us your encouragement at batguysreturn at gmail.com. Same Bat Guys Return time, same Bat Guys Return channel.